This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome to the show, folks. I'm John Roseman, your host. Uh, if you want to learn more about me, I'm at John Roseman. That would be J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D dot com. Uh, in brief, I'm a family psychologist. Uh, in my field, I'm an outlier, a contrarian, a rebel with a cause. I don't believe in psychology. I think it's a secular religion that you believe in by faith. Um, I'm a syndicated newspaper columnist. My column appears weekly in about uh, 200 to 250 newspapers around the country, and I've written, uh, you know, depending on how you count, um, I've written 20 books on parenting and family issues, and I travel the country on a fairly regular basis, giving talks and uh, providing workshops to parents, teachers, uh, pediatric dentists, pediatricians, uh, mental health professionals, uh, f- uh, medical professionals, and so on. I love my job, love what I do, and I hope you enjoy the show. So in the land of uh, California, and uh, especially in its academic circles, um, University of California Berkeley psychology professor Allison Gopnik is highly respected. Gopnik writes a parenting column for the Wall Street Journal, which happens to be the only newspaper I read, um, comes to me on my iPad every morning. She has a book coming out that her publisher may turn into a bestseller. I'm not going to help it turn into a bestseller, uh, so I'm not going to tell you what the uh, title of the book is, but uh, I will tell you that Allison is spelled with one L, and Gopnik is G-O-P-N-I-K. The stuff Gopnik writes, uh, I, she, she's uh, a regular contributor. I, I think she, uh, her column appears once every two weeks, rotates with somebody else's column. Anyway, the stuff she writes about parents and children is chock full of new ideas. New ideas uh, g- gain almost instant traction in America today. They have sold well for more than 50 years, and there's every indication that they are going to sell better and better, and that there is no limit at all to the human ability to generate new ideas and in so doing fool ourselves and or be fooled. Um, This is the definition, by the way, of progressivism. Progressives believe new ideas are better than old ideas. By contrast, conservatives revere old ideas. We, especially if we are of a biblical worldview, believe that there is nothing new under the sun. We began to... uh, revere new ideas in the 1960s when uh, we were in transition from being a culture rooted in tradition and in traditional understandings 
uh, to a culture that was postmodern, in other words, relativistic and progressive. Um, and today, the prevailing attitude appears to be that if an idea is new or somewhat difficult to understand, and especially if it is authored by a person who has impressive capital letters affixed to their name, there must be a lot of merit to the idea. And folks, this is what has gotten America into so much trouble uh, in and since the 1960s, is the embrace of new ideas. We began to, along these lines, embrace new ideas about the rearing of children in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, child rearing has become a train wreck in America over the last 50 years as a consequence of the new parenting ideas that have emanated from the American mental health professional community. Told you before, I'm an outlier, and uh, now you're getting a taste of why. Um, the the uh, the mental health professionals said uh, uh, self-esteem was the brass ring of uh, child rearing, uh, and since that time, uh, with 50 years of parents getting behind this new idea, over the last 50 years, the child and depression rate in America per capita rate has increased tenfold. The more we have tried to implement high self-esteem, the more unhappy children have gotten. Your great-grandmother who only had a fifth-grade education, could have told doctor, psychologist, so-and-so, that that would happen. And that's just one example of the new ideas that have poisoned America's parenting process since the 1950s. So here comes Alison Gopnik, who is a professor of psychology uh, University of California, Berkeley, or as I like to call it, the People's Republic of Berkeley. Um, my wife and I were in San Francisco uh, a number of years ago, um, and I was trying to find a certain CD by a musician whom I especially like, and I, I, I tend to like not always, but occasionally really offbeat kind of people that no one's ever heard about. I mean, their music's not offbeat, but you know, they're, they're sort of laboring in, in out of the way places and the world hasn't discovered them yet. And I called a, a CD store in Berkeley close to the uh, university of California campus there. And they did have the CD. And so I, my wife and I drove over, got out of the car and um, there was a certain smell in the air that transported me back to the 1960s. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, the place is, um, it is uh, somewhat accurate to say it is a human zoo, the People's Republic of Berkeley. Um, anyway, Gopnik recently wrote a Wall Street Journal column in which she began by seeming to say that we should stop using the term parenting 
that it implies that this process involves work and uh, um, that, uh, uh, you, you know, you've got to have clear objectives, uh, trying to produce a certain kind of child, uh, high-achieving, Harvard-bound, et cetera, et cetera, uh, MBA, MD, you know, uh, top-level attorney on the 35th floor of a you know, skyscraper in Manhattan, that kind of thing. And I was thinking as I read the first couple of paragraphs of her article, well, I mean, irrespective of the fact that I've said all of this in my books and newspaper columns, I do agree with her. Um, and I especially agree with the idea that, that it is a fantasy on the part of parents to think that they can determine how their kid will turn out. Anyway, I... Uh, I was with her thus far, two paragraphs in, thinking that she was going to draw attention to the power of free will on the part of the child. Wrong. According to Gopnik, it is not the child's own self-agency, for better or worse, that is the most influential of parenting outcome forces. It is rather evolution. Evolution. I told you, you know, it's the People's Republic of... Berkeley, and uh, as is the case with uh, most of America's universities these days, and, and folks, mark my words, it is becoming increasingly the case in Christian colleges and universities, the evolutionary worldview dominates the science departments, and especially the social science departments. Gopnik went on to use the word evolution in her article eight times as if it is an established fact that we evolved, which it is not an established fact. Uh, Gopnik also, by the way, just kind of offhandedly informed her readers that human beings are causing catastrophic climate change. So, in sort of a nutshell, what Gopnik said was that the human race has evolved such that a child's outcome, not, not completely but significantly, is due primarily to the needs of the culture. Are you recognizing this, folks? This is Marxism, repackaged. This is, it takes a village. The culture needs a number of differing personality types and aptitudes, and so the gene pool of any specific culture has evolved so as to accomplish exactly that. That being to provide the culture with the personality types and the aptitudes that that particular culture needs. Your child's genes, in other words, they, they don't say make this kid into a master of Baroque organ music or anything like that, but they do make sure the culture has an adequate number of folks whose primary strengths are imagination and creativity. So, Gopnik proposes, do virtually nothing but love your child and everything will turn out as it should, which is to say, 
Everything will turn out as if you've done virtually nothing but love your child. Okay. Sometimes people ask me, folks, are the mental health uh, are mental health professionals coming around to your point of view? The answer is no, they're not. Back with more of this in a minute. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show. It's called Because I Said So. And for those of you who listened uh, during the first half of the show, um, welcome back. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I'm John Roseman, your host. I'm a uh, family psychologist, author, uh, syndicated newspaper columnist, public speaker. And if you want to find out more about me, my books, my newspaper column, and so on and so forth, go to John Roseman. That's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D dot com. And on this show, this iteration of Because I Said So, the name of the show, I am talking about an article written by a uh, University of California psychology professor named Allison Gopnik that appeared in a recent issue of the Wall Street Journal. Gopnik writes a, um, what what is it, bi-monthly, twice a month, uh, every two weeks column for the Wall Street Journal. Her column alternates with someone else's, and she frequently writes about parenting issues. Um, To bring uh, you up to speed, Gopnik uh, is a lefty, she is a socialist, and I feel comfortable saying this because her columns drip with uh, progressivism, uh, leftiness, uh, socialism, um, and uh, I, I mean, I, I'm just going to call it for what it is. It, 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 it may not be appropriate on Christian radio to be this straightforward, but I mean, it's just junk psychology. It is junk psychology. It is babbling. And the unfortunate thing is that this individual, Dr. Allison Gopnik, has been given a platform by a newspaper as prestigious and conservative, generally speaking, as the Wall Street Journal. Anyway, Gopnik is talking about, you know, basically, we don't need to be uh, highly involved with children. And I sort of agree with that. But what she is saying is basically all we need to do is love children and genes will take care of the rest because we evolved in a way that ensures that any given culture has in its gene pool a rich a variation of genotypes that are guaranteed given love and only love to produce out of a pool of children all of the varying aptitudes that the culture needs in order to maintain itself and survive 
and advance. And so all you need is love. Wasn't that a Beatles? All you need is love, love. Love is all you need. And that must be Gopnik's theme song because that's what she is saying. She uses the metaphor of gardening that the gardener doesn't go in there and try and turn a rose into a tulip or a tulip into a uh, bougainvillea. Uh, the gardener just accepts what he's been given, tends his garden. That's another great song, Tend My Garden by Joe Walsh. And, um, I, you know, I think of songs a lot. Um, you'll have to pardon me. It's a, it's a personal distraction. It's just part of my attention deficit disorder. And that, you know, if we do this with children, if we just, uh, you know, give them uh, what they need, which is primarily love, they will grow up, they will find a uh, their own direction. And this direction, by the way, is not of really of their own choosing. It's programmed into them. Uh, it's in their genes. It's in their software. And uh, so, you know, from reading this, that Gopnik is a Marxist and she is a progressive lefty and she is a Darwinist. And uh, need I say more? So the, the problem, folks, is that this is the same, you know, basic drumbeat that humanistic psychologists have been beating since the mid-1960s. All you need is love. All a child needs is love, and he will turn out just fine. Well, if that's the case, then why does God instruct parents to train? Because back to Gopnik's metaphor of the garden in the context of her metaphor Gopnik does not believe in training the plant to grow a certain way Gopnik believes that the plant the child in other words just with enough emotional fertilizer love is going to be just fine well, this is a very, very romantic, which progressives tend to be. They tend to be romantics. They tend to be utopians. They tend to be idealists. They tend to not have their feet on solid ground. They tend to have their heads in the clouds. This is the kind of thing that humanistic psychologists have been saying for the last 50 years, this is exactly the type of thing that has caused American parenting to turn into a train wreck over the last 50 years. The mental health of today's child, I said earlier, the happier we try to make children, we try to make them by instilling this new Humanistic quality into them called high self-esteem, the more unhappy they have gotten. And the mental health professions, this has been my point over and over and over again on this program, don't seem to get it. They completely ignore the fact 
that although American parents have been listening to mental health professional advice for the last 50 years, that the mental health of the American child during that time has gone steadily down the tubes. The more American educators have been listening to experts, the worse student achievement in America has gotten. Folks, the expert thing, and let me remind you, I am one. I am a, what is called a parenting expert, and therefore I can talk with credibility on the subject of parenting experts. I am one. And because I am one, when I talk about parenting experts, I maintain I know what I'm talking about. If all they need is love, then why is it that the Bible says, God says, Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, that foolishness is bound in the heart of the child and only the firm application of parental authority will drive it far from him? Now, it says the rod, but I've said over and over on this show, a correct interpretation, exegesis of the word rod as it's used in the context of the discipline of children. I hate to disappoint anybody out there. It does not mean a spanking. It does not eliminate a spanking as a possible disciplinary uh, tool, but it does not prescribe a spanking. The word rod, as it's used in the context of the discipline of children, is clearly a metaphor for the parent being a conduit of God's authority where the child is concerned. Why does God prescribe a firm, unequivocal authority on the part of parents in order to cure the foolishness that lies in a child's heart, according to Proverbs 22.15, if all they need is love? Why does, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, God tell parents, uh, very straightforwardly, your job is to teach proper morals, ethics, and character to your children. But I think it's safe to say Gopnik is an atheist. She might protest the designation, but an atheist by any more polite a term is still an atheist. By the way, for anyone who might be saying, well, you know, questioning whether I interpreted Gopnik's column correctly, and she, she's not a good writer. Let me say this. She, she, uh, she wanders a great deal, and uh, her wanderings are sometimes difficult to follow. Uh, lest anyone think I'm not interpreting her article correctly, uh, giving some spin to it, uh, the Wall Street Journal received uh, in its and, and published in its letters to the editor section several letters in response to Gopnik's column, and uh, also um, published uh, in its online version version uh, a number of comments that people had made. I guess uh, in their blog. I, I, I'm not really a high tech guy, but anyway. Almost all of the blog responses uh, 
indicated that the people who were reading Gopnik's column read it exactly as I did, and every single one of the letters to the editor uh, indicated that people were reading Gopnik's column exactly as I did. So uh, dispel the thought. So, dear listener, the point of this program has been to tell you that if you think things are changing in the mental health community in America, if you think these people are waking up, if you think that they are accruing to themselves any amount of common sense, wrong. Absolutely wrong. They cannot be trusted, especially by Christians. I can't say it often enough, and I do say it often enough. Once again, the show is Because I Said So. I'm John Roseman, your host. I'm here every Saturday afternoon, 5 o'clock Central Time on American Family Radio. Thanks for joining us.